word. Our reading today comes from Genesis 27, verses 5 through 13. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game, prepare for me delicious food, that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats, so that I may prepare for them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, let your curse be on me, my son, only obey my voice and go bring them to me. This is God's word for us today. You may be seated. This morning, we are continuing in our series called Living Stones. Last week, we talked about following God's will. And we talked about what it looks like uh, to follow God's will through hardship and into the goodness, into the blessing that he would choose for us. And this morning, we're going to talk about what happens when we or others steal that blessing. And when I talk about stolen blessings, I'm not talking about the hour of sleep that was robbed from you last night. Some of you clearly clearly stole it back because you're not here this morning. I am talking about what God would choose for us because the things that we choose for ourselves are often not blessings. In fact, the things that we choose for ourselves are often trouble, right? Problems, sin. So we're going to talk about blessings this morning, um, but we need to talk about it in uh, the biblical context. So we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 27, and we're going to be looking a little bit before and a little bit after, in fact, to get the, the whole scope of the story. But in Genesis chapter 27, we see this encounter between Jacob and Isaac, and Linda just read about it, and Jacob is intentionally trying to deceive his father, right? He's trying to steal the blessing from his brother. So we want to talk about that. We want to talk about what does it mean to be blessed in this sense? What is the biblical definition of a blessing? What are we talking about? And what does it mean to steal one? And then also we need to talk about whether or not there is a blessing that cannot be stolen. Because when we're talking about God's blessings, again, we're not talking about just good things. We're talking about the best things. We're talking about the things that he would choose for us as our maker, as our creator, as our sustainer. He knows what a good gift is. And he knows what the best gifts are for us. So that's our direction this morning. Pray with me and we'll go there. Heavenly Father, please open our eyes to see what is good, what is uh, pure, what is lovely in your word. Uh, Lord, there's so much. Uh, All of your word is good and pure and lovely, but there's there's much this morning that we stand to learn uh, from you. So help us to listen, help us to hear your voice, and direct our steps, Lord, as we look through your scripture. Pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. So what is a blessing? Well, we need some context. There is in this story the implication of a birthright uh, squabble, of of a fight over who gets the birthright. And in this time, the oldest son is always the one who gets the inheritance. It's just the way it is. It's the law. We have clay tablets Uh, Some of the oldest documents that we have, right? Not documents in the way that we think of documents, but documentation from thousands of years ago that describes the rule of law that would have guaranteed an oldest son would inherit. 
And so when we talk about a birthright, what we're talking about is the right by birth to inherit what your father is leaving you. And in this case, in this family, we're talking about Isaac, we're talking about Jacob and Esau. Esau is the oldest. Even though they're twins, he's the one who comes out first. And so he is the one who ought to be inheriting. And so that's important context because what he thinks is going to be a blessing is going to be in line with that. Like he's owed that. He is due that because that's how he was born. We also need to talk about kneeling this morning because the word bless in Hebrew means to kneel. So understand that this is how it worked with the Hebrew language, that there was a practice of blessing people that existed before a word for it even or before a commonly used word. And because it was common in a situation of blessing for the person who is giving the blessing to put their hand out over the person who is being blessed and for that person to kneel, that the kneeling became associated with the act of blessing someone. So the Hebrew word for bless is, is just the Hebrew word for kneel. It's the same thing. It's kind of like the way in the church, when we say bow your heads, what do we, what do we mean? What are we asking you to do? Pray, right? If you, if you hear in a church, bow your heads, you know that prayer is coming. If you hear somebody say, we shook on it, it means there's an agreement, right? There's an action that correlates to the thing uh, that people understand in their mind. In this case, it's kneeling. Kneeling and blessing, they go hand in hand. And why is that important? Well, it's an act of submission, right? You cannot kneel before somebody in strength, right? You're acting in a, in a submissive way toward that person. So that's an important component of what's going on here. And then finally, prosperity. We talk about prosperity. We are not just talking about food. We're not talking about homes. Um, In Abraham and Isaac and Jacob's case, we're not talking about just cattle. We're talking about doing what is best for someone, truly prospering them, making it so that they can grow and flourish in the way that God designed them to grow and flourish. So don't confuse prosperity with just money or prosperity with just accumulation of stuff. We're talking about being the kind of person that God created you to be. So the oldest son inherits. The lesser is always going to bow before the greater. You can only bless someone if you have something to bless them with. And then the one who uh, has more is the one who's going to give to the one who has less. These are kind of the rules of blessing. This is the kind of rule, uh, state of rules around inheritance that everybody would have known that Jacob that Isaac, that Esau, that Rebekah would have understood. This is the culture that they're in. Okay, so this is what we're talking about. We're talking about blessing. So what does it mean to steal? Oh, no, let me, let me go on. I'm sorry. Uh, what does it mean for uh, all of these different relationships? Well, if you're giving a blessing, right, we can understand that they mean you're providing prosperity to somebody else. So in this case, Isaac is being sought by his sons to provide prosperity to them. In, in a real way, inheritance, right, uh, what is... Isaac giving to them in terms of sheep and cattle and maybe tents and lands, all those kinds of things. But also in terms of praying over them and providing through prayer, what would he ask God for his sons? So providing prosperity, seeking a blessing is asking for somebody else's. You don't have it yourself. So we talk about seeking a blessing. We're asking somebody else to give us these good things. Being a blessing would be promoting the prosperity of others. Maybe you don't have as much to give, but you're going to work alongside somebody so that they can get the things that they need. And then in scripture, we also see this this language about blessing the Lord. Now, I already said to you that it's always the one who has more 
who blesses the one who has less. So what does the scripture mean when it says bless the Lord? Because certainly we don't have more than God. We can't be giving to him out of our abundance because everything we have came from him. Well, blessing the Lord, this is, this is one of those difficulties in translation because, again, blessing in Hebrew, it means kneel, right? So blessing the Lord really just means kneeling before the Lord. And sometimes it's translated in that, in that way if you read your texts. Uh, sometimes where one Bible will translate it, bless the Lord, another will say kneel before the Lord, um, another will say praise the Lord, right? Because the idea is that you're worshiping. So if you see these different things, understand There are ways that you can be involved in the blessing relationship differently, but here's what we're talking about generally. So let's talk about stealing a blessing. A couple of different ways it happens in these texts. And we're going to look at uh, Jacob and Esau together as a couple of uh, people seeking blessing and how they're going to wrestle back and forth. We're going to look at Jacob and Rebecca and how they're going to attempt to deceive. And then we're also going to look at Isaac and Esau and just the selfishness they have. So if you have a Bible, uh, turn to Genesis chapter 25. I said we're going to be in 27 mostly, and we will. But Genesis chapter 25, we want to talk about what happens to set up the deception. So remember the context. Remember the context. Esau's older. Esau stands to inherit. He has the birthright. He has the right by birth to get all of his father's stuff. So chapter 29, uh, sorry, chapter 25, verse 29. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew for I am exhausted. And therefore his name was called Edom. Jacob said, sell me your birthright now. He waits till his brother is famished. He waits till his brother is tired. And he says, hey, I would like the inheritance. And Esau said, I'm about to die of what use is a birthright to me. And Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him, sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. And thus Esau despised his birthright. And we can read that word despised um, both ways, right? Like he disregarded it. He disregarded its value, but also he disregarded his place. So see Jacob here stealing a blessing, the prosperity that is meant for his brother. He is going to bribe his brother. He's going to use food. He's going to use a moment of weakness for his brother to try and take what doesn't belong to him. This is a way, a way in which a blessing in the Bible can be stolen. God's blessing can be stolen is to try and take from others by manipulating them, by giving them something that they think is better in the moment than what God has promised them. And how do we know, uh, for those of you who maybe don't know this part, how do we know that it's promised uh, to Esau and what what might be motivating this? Um, If you actually turn back in chapter 25, just a few verses. We read this last week, but I just want to remind you, chapter 23, the Lord speaks to Rebekah when Esau and Jacob are in her womb. When she's got twins and they're fighting, she feels the twins fighting in her womb. And God speaks this word over her, uh, to her. He says, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. So this is the word that God gives to uh, Isaac and Rebekah before the boys are even born, that their, their, their sons are going to fight. Their sons are going to be at war with each other. And the older is going to serve the younger, which means that at some point and in some way, God intends for 
God intends for the younger son to have greater prominence and greater authority than the older son. That's God's intention. But see what Jacob and what Rebekah try to do to make that happen. Jacob tries to make it happen by bribing his brother and getting the birthright. And now Jacob and Rebekah are going to try to make it happen through deception. So let's turn to chapter 27 and start in verse 5. Now, now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. And so when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game. Prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Isaac thinks he's going to die here, but Isaac's going to live about another 60 years. So he's got some time yet. Go to the flock, bring me two good young goats, so that I may prepare for them, uh, from them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat, so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him, and bring a curse upon myself, and not a blessing. And his mother says to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice, and go and bring them to me. There's a couple of things worth noting here. First, Jacob knows that it's wrong. Jacob knows that this might result in a curse on him. And Rebecca knows that it's wrong. She says, yeah, there might be a curse and let it be on me. Why would they do that? Why would they knowingly enter into this situation where it's going to be a problem? There's going to be sin. Why would they do that? Well, I think they want the blessing so bad that they're not willing to ask themselves, what actually are we getting if we deceive to get it? They want prosperity so badly for Jacob that they're willing to break God's law in order to try and get God's favor. Clearly, that's not going to work. Clearly, that's going to have problems. If you read through the story of uh, Jacob and Esau and go on further, Jacob has nothing but problems going forward, all kinds of issues in his life. But he steals uh, with with his mother, he steals the blessing. And then there's another way in which the blessing is, uh, there's an attempted theft. This is attempted robbery. Uh, in Genesis chapter 5, starting in verse 22. Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you're really my son Esau or not. And so Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. And so he blessed him and he said, Are you really my son Esau? And he said, I am. So Jacob knowingly lies again. And then Isaac says, Then he said, Bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. And so he brought the food and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. And then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. And so he did that and he, and he blesses him. And he blesses him with all of the prosperity of the Lord. And then going on from there, we see that Isaac is dismayed. He's frustrated because he finds out that the blessing has been stolen. And why? Why is he frustrated? Well, if we go back to 25 one more time, we need to read here in verse 22 through 28 of chapter 25 and see why Isaac is so upset. Isaac knows that there's two nations in his wife's womb. He knows that it's supposed to be the uh, older that's serving the younger. But after 
24, when her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out, all of his body like a hairy cloak. They called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. They named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. The boys grew up. Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. So the attempted theft here is Isaac wanting the one son to succeed, even though God has said, even though God has said the older is going to serve the younger, Isaac still wants the older son to prosper. Even though God has said, I want it to be this way, Isaac says, no, I would rather be it this other way. I like this son better. So what does it mean to steal a blessing? It doesn't just mean to rob somebody. To rob somebody is, in fact, to steal them of a blessing. But in this context, in Scripture, we see that people are trying to take what God has given as a good gift, and they're trying to use it for a purpose that it was never designed for. God has a blessing in mind, and all of these people, whether it's uh, Jacob just trying to bribe his brother, or it's Jacob and Rebekah trying to deceive Isaac, or whether it's Isaac trying to not listen to the word of the Lord and instead bless his oldest son, whatever it is, They're all saying, Lord, we don't want your prosperity. We want our version of prosperity. We don't want the good things that you've planned for us. We want the things that we've planned for us. In our lives, it looks a little bit different. We don't have a birthright scenario. We don't have blessings in this way. We don't go before our fathers, most of us, when our father is dying and ask him to put his hand on us and and pray over us and wish the Lord's prosperity on us, pray the Lord's prosperity. We don't do this. But we can still steal blessings. So we can take good that we don't need or that isn't meant for us. And you have perhaps been in this scenario where you see something good that God is doing for somebody and you want it because it's good. Because God is doing a good thing in them. And you try to angle and you try to maneuver and you try to bribe and you try to deceive your way into that situation so that you're getting the same good they are. And it could be a job. It could be a relationship. It could be any number of things. But remember that God gives gifts to bless the people, to prosper the people that he gives them to. He doesn't bless all people the same way. That's his prerogative. He's God. He gets to choose. But when we take good that we don't need, that's not meant for us, we can steal blessings from others, prosperity from other people. We can reject God's will and take instead of receiving. This happens lots of ways, but one way this happens commonly in the church today is people say, I think I want a sexual relationship with someone, and so I'm just going to take that. I'm just going to make it happen. I know that God has said that I should wait until I'm married, that I should receive that in marriage, that that's the right context for that, but I'd rather just take it now. I know it's his will to bless me that way. I don't want his will. I want my will. So I'm going to bless me my way. Sometimes we just misuse God's gifts He gives us good things for his glory, but we use them for ours. All of you are talented in one way. Some of you are talented in many ways. And when we take the gifts that God has given us, whether it's artistic gifts, uh, whether it's uh, gifts in math and in order and in reason, or gifts in relationships, or whatever it might be, when we take those gifts and we turn them to our glory, we are trying to steal the blessing, not just from ourselves, but from all of those that God would choose to bless through us. When we, point, when we point the glory back at us, when we try to use whatever gift God has given us to glorify ourselves, we are stealing his blessing. 
in effect, we're trying to gain the world, but we're actually losing our soul. If you turn, I'm not going to turn right now, but if you turn to Mark chapter 8, you see the interaction between Peter and Jesus that leads him to ask this question, what benefit is it if you gain the world but lose your soul? And the interaction that leads Jesus to ask that question is Peter telling Jesus, you should not be crucified. Understand the sort of blessing that Peter is trying to steal at that moment. Jesus has just told his disciples, I have to be crucified and I have to die in order to bless the entire world. Not just the living world, but all people through all times. This has to happen. And Peter says, no. Peter says, don't do that, Jesus. He wants to steal that blessing from all of us and even from himself in order that he can just be in Jesus' presence and so that he can just have the version of Jesus that he wants. And Jesus' response is, get behind me, Satan. You don't know what you're asking. You don't understand what it is you're trying to do. You're trying to rob the entire world of the best blessing possible. And you might gain the world in the process, but you're going to lose your soul. So when we set out to steal a blessing, this is what's happening. We're making a trade. We're exchanging. We think it's good for us. It's not. So that does beg the question. I think that begs the question, is there a blessing that can't be stolen? Is there something that cannot be taken away? It's impossible to earn. You can't work for it. You can't earn it by merit. You can't go to your job uh, and, and say, I'm going to work harder and I'm going to receive the blessing where this other person didn't because I was just better than they were. And you can't buy it. You can't bribe it. You can't uh, lose it. Is it possible to have a blessing that doesn't die, that doesn't fade, that's kept in heaven for us. That's exactly, exactly the words that Peter uses in 1 Peter to describe our salvation. He says, he says that there is a blessing that cannot be stolen. He says that it is imperishable, unfading, and kept in heaven for us. That's exactly how he describes Jesus. This is why Jesus' interaction with Peter is so important, because this is what the whole world stands to gain if Jesus goes to the cross. So it might be hard to understand what's going on in these situations in the Old Testament where we have this argument over blessing and birthright. And uh, I didn't even read the whole story, but most of you know the story about how uh, Jacob is concerned that his father's going to, he's going to see through the illusion right away. Even though Isaac is losing his vision, He's like, he's going to tell, right? I don't have hairy arms like my brother. And so they, they cut off the skin of a goat and they put it on his arms. Imagine how hairy Esau must have been if goat skin passed his Esau arms, right? Esau had to be a pretty hairy guy. But they do that. They go through that deception. It's a famous story. It's one of the more well-known stories in the Bible. And they do it to earn a blessing that can be lost, and it is lost. You see Jacob losing the blessing that he's earned. You see him giving up all kinds of flocks and herds to Esau to placate his brother when his brother is mad. You see him losing his children. Jacob has 12 sons, famously, right? The 12 tribes of Israel are Jacob's sons. But what happens to the 12 tribes of Israel? What happens to those guys? They're not good guys, right? Simeon sleeps with his father's concubine. Judah uh, ends up sleeping with his own daughter-in-law. All of his sons sell Joseph into slavery. These are not good boys. That's what he inherits because he tries to steal the blessing. And this is difficult for us to wrap our heads around because isn't it true that God said the older 
would serve the younger? Isn't Jacob supposed to? Isn't he supposed to be the one who's blessed? Yeah, he is. God has clearly told Rebekah and Isaac before the boys are ever born that this is his plan. But instead of seeking a blessing that can't be stolen, they say, you know what? We're going to just steal it ourselves. And they're, they're fighting back and forth amongst themselves, trying to make it happen. And we do the exact same thing. There is, there is a blessing that can't be stolen, but we're all about the ones that we can steal. We're all about trying to earn our way into a position of prosperity, all about trying to buy our way in. We worry about the things that we can lose, right? We're constantly anxious about the prosperity that might slip through our fingers. And so instead of taking God's word, something like the older will serve the younger, and waiting to see how he will accomplish that, instead of being patient, instead of being faithful, we just look for opportunity. We just try to make it ours. So how is Jesus better? How is he a blessing that can't be stolen? Well, you can't earn his favor. And just like Jacob's sons are not the greatest examples, neither are Jesus' disciples. When we look at the arguments that they have, and when we look at the way that they, uh, they have infighting among them, the way that they desert Jesus, we know, we know that we should not aspire to be just like them in those moments. You can't earn his favor. And you can't buy his love. There's a man, you guys know this man, you know this story too probably, a rich young ruler he's described as in the Bible, who comes before the Lord and conceivably, he could be trying to earn the Lord's favor in any number of ways, but he comes trying to earn the Lord's favor to buy the Lord's love with his obedience and with his self-righteousness. Look at all of the good I've done. I've kept all of the commandments from my youth, he says to Jesus. And Jesus says, that's awesome. That's great. Now go take everything that you have, sell it, and give the money to the poor. And the man goes away sad because he has great wealth. He would rather secure the blessing for himself. He would rather secure what prosperity he can in this world for himself. He would rather gain the world and lose his soul. You can't deceive Jesus. right? Peter makes the appeal to Jesus in Mark chapter 8. Jesus, you should not do this. You should not die. And Jesus is not deceived. He knows that he needs to die. We see um, in the scripture with, with Jesus' temptation that Satan tries to deceive him multiple ways. And Jesus cannot be deceived. He knows, he knows what God's will is, and he's constantly seeking to do God's will. And you can't lose his salvation. This is truly the blessing that means eternal prosperity. We have so many things that we think are prosperous. We have so many things that we're searching after, running after. Uh, most commonly, right? Money and wealth, fame, but also sometimes relationships, love, stability, prosperity that we would choose for ourselves, that we think is good. And maybe it is good, but not the way that we would make it happen, the good that we would steal for ourselves. Instead, we need Christ. We need Jesus. So he's the blessing that can't be stolen. He's the gift that God gives us to ensure our eternal prosperity. Think about Jesus, the greater, kneeling before us in his death. Remember at the beginning I said that when you are blessing somebody, 
when you are blessing somebody, you would expect them to kneel before you because you're the one giving out the blessing. It's the person who has more. It's the person who has more that blesses the person who has less. It's the person who's greater who blesses the person who is lower or less. But Jesus, who is greater than all of us, kneels before us in his death. He knelt before his disciples to wash their feet. He walked before his disciples, constantly serving them, providing for them, being patient with them. He does this because he's showing us the kind of blessing that can't be stolen. It's not just, it's not just eternal life. It is eternal life, but it's not just eternal life. It's also new life right now, here, in this place. A life that's going to look so different to the people that you live with that they're going to want to know how you have been blessed with this thing. And it's also Christ the greatest calling us to kneel before him to receive life. Because ultimately what this means is us giving up any idea that we had about ourselves, any idea, any notion that we had about ourselves, that we were the greatest that we were good enough to go out and bless other people, that somehow things depended on us, that somehow we could be kings and queens of our own life. We can't. If Jesus the greater kneels before us, certainly, certainly we should kneel before Christ the greatest. That's the only way we're going to be a blessing to anybody. Remember I said that there were lots of ways that you could interact with a blessing. And to be a blessing means to seek the prosperity of other people. Don't be deluded. Don't think this morning that somehow you're going to be a blessing to other people just by being great, just by looking awesome, right? You showed up here this morning, not like those lazy people who stayed in bed. You're going to be the blessing that the world needs because you showed up on time. Or you're going to be the blessing at your job because you're doing it a little bit better than the person next to you. Or you're going to be the blessing in your home because you don't let yourself lose your temper like your spouse does. Don't delude yourself. You are either you are either trying to steal the blessing from God or you're letting him bless you. You're either trying to make yourself Lord or you're letting him be Lord. You're submitting to him. There's no two ways about it. It's one or the other. And so Christ the greatest is calling us to kneel before him to receive life. When we read these stories, it can be difficult to understand how is this applicable? How is this meaningful for us today? But I want to challenge you this morning when you're thinking about this situation that's maybe not that common to you. We don't think about blessing each other. We don't think about this sort of um, infighting among brothers or sisters. Sometimes we do, right? Sometimes it happens where there's an inheritance and, and there's talk in the family about who's going to inherit. But for most of us, for most of our lives, this is an alien scenario. But don't think it has no value. It is of supreme value that we learn to kneel before the Lord, that we learn to receive this blessing. And it's of supreme value that we see how Jesus goes about giving blessing because he is our model. He is the one who has planned this for us. This morning we're taking uh, communion. And communion, uh, the ushers, the people who are going to serve communion, you have some minutes, don't worry. Uh, His body is broken for us. That's a blessing that he wants to give us, and we have to learn how to receive it. That's a difficult thing. Most of us would not feel comfortable with somebody in our life that we know who came and they they said to us, I'm going to die for your sake. Think about your brother or your sister, your mother or your father, your best friend coming to you and saying, I'm going to be broken so that you can be blessed. Or my blood is going to be spilled so that 
you can be blessed. How would you guys feel about that? That would feel awful, right? Peter felt awful when Jesus said, I need to die. But Jesus gives us himself. His life is taken so that we can live. And I'm going to challenge you to receive that blessing this morning. That's going to be difficult for you. It's going to be difficult to know how to receive a blessing when it's eternal and also temporal, when it's already, but it's not yet. But the word tells us that we can trust him, that he is faithful to his word, that it's an everlasting life, a blessing that we can't steal and that can't be stolen from us. But it will require us to think differently than the world thinks. Um, A number of you know who Jim Elliott was, is, because we would say that he is alive with Christ. Jim Elliott was a missionary who went to try and reach a people that had not been reached. And in doing so, in trying to share the gospel with people who had not received the gospel, he was killed. And this is a thought that Jim Elliott wrote in his journal before he went, before he went to try and reach this people that hadn't been reached. He wrote this down. He said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. This is his mindset. This is the mind of Christ. You cannot gain the world and also save your soul. You can gain the world and lose your soul, though. And you can't keep the world. So what are you going to do? Are you going to try and steal any number of blessings for yourself today? Or are you going to receive this blessing from the Lord? His life broken for you, his body broken for you, his blood spilled for you. This is what he offers. It's free. Most of you know that uh, the Apostle Paul did not start his life out as the Apostle Paul, but as a man named Saul, who was convinced that he was going to take God's blessing to the world through righteousness that he established for himself. He would just follow the law. He would use the gifts that God has given him to do what he knew God wanted. But in fact, it was not what God wanted. It was what he wanted. So don't hear me say this morning that you should not use your gifts, that you should not seek God's will, but you should seek God's will and not your own. And you should use the gifts that he has given you to glorify him, not yourself. And so the Lord taught Paul. He said, I want you to use these gifts to serve me. And here's how it's going to work. You're going to go to the people you didn't think were worthy and you're going to share the gospel with them. And so it's appropriate that it's through the Apostle Paul that we get the words of communion. And he says, what I received, what I was blessed with, I'm also going to bless you with. Said the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The Lord blessed us with his broken body. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Whenever we eat the bread and drink the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. And what does that mean? That means that we say that Jesus was crucified That he died so that our sins would be forgiven. He was born again, raised again to new life so that our sins would be forgiven. And that everlasting life is ours as well. Let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, we praise you for this blessing that can't be stolen. We can't steal it from you. Nobody can steal it from us. Forgiveness of sin. Lord, everlasting life. Bought with your life for us. What a blessing, Lord. What true prosperity that we would have everlasting life. Something that we never even think to aim at, Lord. We want silly things. We want things that spoil and perish and fade. But you are giving us yourself forever, Lord. Help us to hold on to that today. Help us to trust that that is the better blessing than the one that we would choose for ourselves. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.